Thanks for joining Health Affairs this week. I'm Vabren Watts. And I'm Ryan Tanap. You will be hearing from us throughout the year with the podcast episodes focused on health equity. Yeah, that's right, Vabren. I think it'd be great to start off this podcast just kind of reflecting on some of the recent and upcoming cultural observances. Oh, yes. Um, April was a month. Yes, April was or is Arab American Heritage Month. So we're wrapping up that month. And just for some context, there are about 4 million Americans that have Arab roots in the U.S. That means people of descent from the Middle East and North African countries. And I also want to point out that April 21st, last Friday, was the end of Ramadan, otherwise called Eid al-Fitr. And for those who aren't aware, Ramadan is observed by Muslims around the world. And they fast from dawn to sunset during this month. And then at sundown, that's when they break their fast with what's called iftar. So just some fun facts there, something to note about, um, about April. You know, MENA, which means Middle Eastern, Northern Africa, has really been in the news lately, um, especially as it relates to around like collecting data, demographics around like the next, you know, 20, 30 census. The um, federal government is actually thinking about adding MENA to a uh, separate category um, other than white, actually having their own category listed as a, as race. And Ryan, for this month, actually, there was a deadline to provide thoughts on a proposal to change race and ethnicity, particularly as it relates to MENA, as well as another race and ethnicity, um, changing Hispanic from ethnicity to race. You know, that could really have a major shift in the demographics. Right. And like currently, Middle Eastern, North African, like of just of those descents, like you have to categorize categorize yourself as white because there yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no category for you. So that'll I think that'll really help with like disaggregating data, which will eventually you know impact health policy and um, you know the communities that are served. So that's a great thing to point out. Yes, and I think the last time they really did this shift was um, I know because you know I've been big on you heard me talk a lot about like data and things along those lines. I think the last time that that happened, it was actually separating Asian American and Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander, which happened sometime, um, I guess, at the turn of the century, um, within um, the early uh, 2000s. And now those are two uh, separate races on the um, on the uh, census. And I know, you know, this is timely because in May, we have another Cultural yes. Observance Month coming up. That's correct. May is Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. A lot of words there, big acronym, um, but uh, just some history about the month. So there are 24 million people of Asian descent and 1.7 million people of Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander descent in the U.S. And it actually started off as an observance for one week, and it was called the Asian Pacific American Heritage Week. Um, Congress created it in 1978, and it coincides with the arrival of the first Japanese immigrants in, uh, in 1843, uh, May of that year, and Chinese workers and their role in building the Transcontinental Railroad, which was completed in May 1869. So another uh, key fact about uh, Asian American uh, history there. And also, uh, this is not as well known, uh, but Filipinos and other Asian ethnicities were actually first recorded or first documented 
um, to arrive in the U.S. in the 16th century. A lot of them were slaves or prisoners on ships sailing from uh, New Spain or Mexico, you know, due to Spanish colonization. So now, and um, now it's observed over a, the period of a month, and Congress expanded that in 1992. So, yeah, it's really exciting. You know what? That is exciting. I, you know, I will say, you know, by the time 1992 came around, I was in school, uh, <laughs> probably uh, elementary, middle school, somewhere around that 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 age. And and you know, as I as I think about it there really wasn't that much history around Asian Americans or native uh, um, Hawaiians or Pacific Islanders when I was in school. And I wonder, you know, if it's even, you know, the same, you know, like that now. We really do not get that exposure. Right. I mean, it wasn't in, in when I was in school either. Maybe in college, there were some courses that you could take depending on, you know, the school that you're at. But there wasn't an Asian American, native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, like, class <laughs> right. when I was in college, <laughs> which is fascinating. Um, and it's so, frustrating so, that, you know, I didn't get to learn about, you know, my own cultural heritage until like doing my own research and like beyond college. So like knowing that, you know, Ryan, you know, you do, you, you oversee like health equity education. And one of that is really, you know, making sure that these voices are elevated um, and we called it elevated voices. And this, Ryan, this is before you were here. It's just elevating those voices that have been like silent and like those um, different cultures that have been silent or, or may have been left out um, of the conversation. So what are we doing this month? In honor of May, um, Asian American, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we're doing a, a campaign on social media and also on our Health Affairs Today newsletter. Definitely subscribe to that. Uh, we'll be elevating voices and organizations who have made an impact on health policy and equity, specifically pertaining to um, this particular population, Asian Americans, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islanders. So keep an eye out for that. That will feature some of our authors from their publications and health affairs and other organizations. Something uh, I'm looking forward to, at least for, for this month. We also plan to to highlight some books for people to learn more about um, Asian American, Native Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islanders. And one book uh, I know I know you and I talked about this, and it was by Ronald Takaki. Um, the The book was written um, somewhere between I would say 1995 and the early 2000s. But but this book taught me so much um, about you know, the Asian American experience within this country. And it's called Strangers from a Different Shore, where it really talks about like Angel Island, which was the Ellis Island of the West when, you know, um, Asian American um, immigrants, you know, came over to the country, to, to this country a long time ago, as well as, I know you recommended some books by uh, Erica Lee called The Making of Asian America. And then also George Takei, with this book, they called us enemy. Yep, those are some really great reads. Learning about uh, the Asian American, Pacific Islander, Native Hawaiian diaspora. There's one more that I wanted to bring up. Um, so there's actually a book called Hawaii's Story by Queen Lilia Uokalani, and she was actually the last monarch of Hawaii. In her in her book, she talks about how American and European businessmen forced her to abdicate the throne. And then eventually, you know, Hawaii becoming a state, you know, U.S., the 50th state of the United States. So really interesting read there. Definitely check it out um, to dig more into this and in observation of this month. So 
going into more of, of what we've been up to, kind of circling back to that, our team is really, you know, focused on showcasing and advancing equity and highlighting health equity. So I know that you've been up to a, quite a lot um, the past month, Dave. Uh, what conferences have you been visiting? You know, so I've been to um, a, a couple of conferences. Um, I uh, uh, first took a trip to Harvard to actually provide uh, a review of a paper that they they published on the impact of anti-racist change within hospital systems. I mean, it, it was great. Um, we'll provide a link for you um, on that. But basically, it is about like uh, three hospitals that have actually taken a step to actually do anti-racism cha change prior to the pandemic. They wanted to make sure it was prior to the pandemic so they can see like overall, like from inception to um, implementation to like the results that they found. And one of the things that that actually stuck out was that when it came to metrics, the metrics of like all three of those hospitals, when it came to advancing um, equity sort of dropped off a little bit. They didn't do like really the evaluations, but it's, it's, it is really a great paper that was written um, by um, Angel Rodriguez. And so, like I said, really look at the um, show notes and we'll provide that link to that uh, report on there. Also, um, I was at the National Minority Quality Forum, which was a great conference. And you know what, Ryan, you know what subject came up a lot? What's that? Actually, it was like racial, race and ethnicity categorizations. I mean, th this is like really a hot topic right now. And so we are, you know, you know, reports, I think the reports over the past 10 years is, you know, has have been saying that, you know, the United States will probably be a, what they say, the, the phrase, the majority minority country come 2050. But it looks like now as people are talking, that will be sooner than, you know, then. And so like um, they, they were talking about, you know, um, gather uh, uh, data gathering, you know, how it can really inform how a specific population is doing and it needs to be done at all levels including the federal level like you know the census bureau and you know things along those lines and also um blue cross blue shield is doing a big push for payers to collect data on race ethnicity and gender and things along those lines you know one of the um speakers who um speaking at that session said you know it, it you know it's, it's important that we collect this but he said you just can't you know, data your way, you know, out of racism, you know, you must also educate people on why it is important. So that's, um, you know, something that we're trying to do at Health Affairs. Like we have these programs, but then we have, well, you <laughs> to come along and be like, hey, this is why, you know, this is important. And then um, I took a trip to uh, St. Louis. I was at uh, Washington University, which is a beautiful campus, by the way. This is my first time in St. Louis. And um, it was actually a conference on advancing equity and scholarly publishing. And it included other journals um, who are really dedicated to really advancing um, health equity. And so, you know, and, and so we're really trying to, you know, advance um, equity. Going to these conferences is amazing. One of the things that I did like about going to these conferences, actually, that everyone is about fellowship programs. And those fellowship programs include, include like, how are we building up the next generation of, like, scholars in particular areas? And, like, 
in 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 particular scholars who um who who belong to historically marginalized groups such as women such as people of color and so it you know that this was a, a, a very important topic that was like mentioned all throughout you know that conference with the um with the other journals and it just made me think that hey we have you know a fellowship program that is going on now which started in 2022 and i am proud to say that we have our first fellow um actually to publish a paper from that uh first cohort and that is andrew anderson who has a paper coming out in the may issue of health affairs so you really have to keep an eye out for dr andrew anderson's uh paper um not only that he is also doing a forefront article and he is a guest on health and on a health policy episode that you all need to subscribe to and also a guest on one of our lunch and learns which is talking about how how we've been advancing equity and health affairs over the past couple of years that's great yeah i'm super excited for andrew's all of his content coming out in May. I'm really excited to also like celebrate and elevate his work as he's the first fellow that we have, um, you know, publishing a paper with health affairs. And that's great. I mean, we just started the fellowship last year, so clearly <laughs> we're making a change. Well, I guess we could wrap up here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Health Affairs this week. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend, leave a review, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Babe Watts. And I'm Ryan Tanap. Goodbye. Bye.